This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Hey everybody, it's H, and welcome to the latest installment of Dune Pod, a podcast where we talk to our friends about the movies we love. This week, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jason. I like that. I like that. I like what you're doing with your dirty mind. And by the co-host of the Synonauts podcast, Ian DeBorha. But the ruins are just going to be Kevin Silly standing there shirtless by the doors. We tackle the ultimate A24 horror gem featuring Dune Part 2's Florence Pugh in her star-making performance, Ari Aster's Midsommar, streaming now on Showtime and Canopy. If you're enjoying the show, we need your help. Take a minute to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast, or just tell your friends about us because it really does help new listeners find the show. We also have a Discord server where you can hang out with us online whenever you want. The link is in the show notes. And now, without further ado, Midsommar. Jason. Yo. I have a prescription for Vicodin, and I'm yes. getting surgery tomorrow. What are they doing to you? Uh, I have a bone spur on my right ankle mm. uh, that is like jamming into my uh, tendon, my Achilles That's tendon. some old man shit right there. I guess. Uh, or maybe I've just been working out so much because I'm like always running. So, so fucking buff. Yeah, I'm getting so swole and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, so I'm going under the knife, general anesthesia. Like oh, this is like the real deal. The real deal. Yeah. How long will you be under for? A couple hours. Oh my god, it's it's like a this is a real situation. It's a real situation. I just want to say uh, I want to make it official. I'm hereby uh, tapping Jonesy loves beer to come in for me if I don't make oh, it. Oh, if anything doesn't, if anything happens, that's a good replacement. It I just. Be- fig- he like he he works late, uh, so I think you could record. You know, like our recordings could happen from nine thirty to eleven o'clock at night. Uh, yeah, PT, and that'd be perfect for him. I don't want anything to happen to you, but it might be an improvement for the show. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, who could say? <laughs> who could say? <laughs> well, we all wish you well. Thank um, you. We hope for the best. We'll be pulling for you. Once you're out, you'll have to update us in Discord or let us know that you made it. Oh, yeah. There will be some Vicodin-driven updates. That'd be great. Uh, we should make sure. you your own channel. I, I don't see any problems with that. Yeah. I, I may end up having to like do like drafts on the uh, out of sight uh, if I can't finish that yeah. before I go under the knife. So That's great. We will see how that goes. How about you, Jason? Are you, are you working out much? How's it going these days? I'm not working out much, actually. I'm sort of on a pause of working out because I've like been al- alternatively sick and or lazy. Um, mm. I am doing intermittent. It's not fasting. a great combo. <laughs> no, it's not great. I am doing intermittent fasting, which I think actually has had a, a decent effect because a lot of my problem was just snacking too much at night. Mm. Um, and so I'm no longer snacking at night. So that's great. Um, right. and what else? Uh, I don't get know. Get all your levels in the good spots. That's the, that's, that's the message. Yeah. Get your levels in the good spot. Mm. I don't know what that means, but I'm for it. I want my levels <laughs> in the good spot. Good spots sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we are stoked here tonight, Jason. Yes. My God, this movie, this episode, this guest. It's we a have big one. Joining us tonight, the disgraced former producer of 70 Millimeter and co-host of the Synonauts podcast, Ian DeBorja. Ian DeBorja's verified on Twitter, Ian DeBorja's. Mm. 
<laughs> Good point. Good point. One of our very first guests, he came on for our first Cohen Brothers, No Country for Old Men, episode mm. five. Mm. He's a he's he's an old timer, a true a true road dog. Man, people should check out that episode. It's real good. We got the yeah. Milwaukee scene from Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, and uh, as well from Wayne's World, as well as just man, what a movie! Holy cow! So we're mm. really stoked to have Ian here. We're doing tonight Ari Aster's horror gem, starring the young Florence Pugh. Pew 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 pew. Midsummer. Yes. Midsummer. Midsummer. Somar. <laughs> yes. Streaming on Showtime and Canopy. Where'd you watch it? Apple. Okay. Good job. Movies. Apple movies. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to take just a brief moment and give a trigger warning. This is a very intense film. Um, it has self-harm. It has suicide. It has a lot of violence uh, on other people. Um, and so it's a beautiful and thought-provoking and very intense film, but just heads up on that. No sexual assault, I don't think, per se. It's a grandma shoving butts, but... I mean, you know... It's a it, it, consent is questionable in that scene. I guess that's fair. <laughs> that's fair point. Fair point. Um, so that is coming around just uh, just around the corner here at the bottom of the hour. We will be getting into Midsommar. Meanwhile, next week on Dune Pod, it has all been leading to this. Yes. The people demanded it, Jason. Yes. And they will have it. Will they? I mean, I hope so. I mean, it'd be, it'd be amazing <laughs> if we couldn't do it because you were like, you've lost your foot. <laughs> well, I was thinking, so so Gattaca is the choice. Yes. Your Gen X beloved sci-fi film. Even if your like, you know, lopped off foot has to do it as the co-host. If your Achilles tendon has to fucking produce this podcast next week, we're going to do it. Can I genetically regrow my foot if I have to? Like, uh... Yeah, you're going to have a Gola foot. That would be good. I mean, it's worth knowing Gattaca obviously heavily features the Marin um, Civic Center uh, designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. That's where they shot a bunch of the film, uh, mm. which is quite cool. It's so big, happy to big see movie for Marin. But you don't think we should cancel that and do Bones and All? No, we should not. <laughs> We're not canceling it for the cannibal movie. What, what, what's the return? The can, How's that doing? How's that? What do people think about that one? I think huh? it's literally tonight is the preview screenings. Okay. Thursday night. So this is opening weekend, but it's very limited. So it's going to be. uh, So we don't really know yet. We don't really know yet. That's the answer. Although it's very 89% on Rotten Tomatoes with what's come in so far. So that's good. I was listening to the weekend watch list podcast from the Letterboxd show and heard that it was on 94,000 watch lists. So people are hype for this movie. My God. A.O. Scott from the New York Times said, gory, ridiculous, and curiously touching. We obviously wish for the wish for the best for our Timmy. We need him to succeed. So we're mm. rooting for him. We need all of his movies basically in the next year to be good. We can't have like the Timmy. We can't have Timmy crash and burn in the next year. That's very bad for us. So that's we not going to happen. We need these movies to work. Yeah, it's it's going to work. Well, speaking of Timmy, how about if we do some Dune news? Would you like to know more? I think he's on the cover of Variety yeah, this week. I saw that. Um, and he gave a rave about mm-hmm. Florence. Loved working with Florence. Yes. She brought a gravitas to the picture. Yes. Uh, she's an incredible actor. She was incredible in Dune. Seriously incredible. 
Um, I can't believe my good fortune at this young age between Taylor Russell and Bones and All and Zendaya and Dune and Austin Butler's in that movie too. Yeah. He's also had a big week because um, he, uh, people have noted that he kind of looks like a sexy Sam Bangman Fried from the yeah, FTX, FTX scandals. So yeah. it, maybe he, he would have that role uh, when the movie eventually comes out. Hmm. Kev, Kevin chat calls out, wait a minute. Was that a Butler snub? It felt like a Butler snub to me. It felt it was like, like a it was, Butler joke. I guess it was like right? a fade. I think it was like a fade diss. Basically, a fade, it, was like like a, it was like a, was, you know, it was like, I'm not going to give him. I'm not going to blow him up that much. It's a diss yeah. within a diss. Um, so really, really wonderful. You know, he does say about Florence that they were joking on set that they keep doing these movies where we end up together, even though we should be ending up with different people. Oh, That's a point. nice little inside good joke yeah. uh, for you Dune fans out there. Um, relative to Zendaya, he said, let's see, she's bringing exactly what she brought to the first one, which was incredible, but in greater abundance. She's really become a sister. I'm so grateful to count her as a partner and a sister and a friend, and also to share stories about how amazing it is to work with Luca because we worked with him back to back on wildly different projects. Mm. Zendaya mm. and Luca are in post-production on Challengers, a romantic comedy set in the tennis world. Mm. Interesting. Can you picture Luca doing a romantic comedy? Uh, I would watch it. I guess I will I, watch it. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's not that's not what would be at the top of my list. <laughs> that's not coming out before that. He's that's obviously further out than Dune too, right? No. Okay. If they're in post production right now, that'll be probably mid next year. Oh god, it makes me nervous. It's fine. I don't think Zendaya is going to be a weak link in any of this stuff. So no, probably Zendaya is fine. I just yeah. want everyone to have like really good years. Really good years leading up to Dune. I like how nervous you are about the prospects for Dune too. <laughs> I mean, not for any reason. I just need something to like, I just need like, you know. Something uh, to worry about. Yeah. I just need if, something to worry about. Something else to worry if about. If only there was something in the world yeah. for you to worry about. Um, yeah. All right. Second piece of Dune news. Dune Spice Wars is out on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. But not is. for Xbox, only for PC. Yes. Only for no PC. No help. Yeah, no. I haven't I haven't played it yet, but I, I saw positive things about it. All right. So that's all I got. I'm deep in the God of War Ragnarok, so I don't have time for the. How's it working? It's great. God of War Ragnarok is fucking top notch. Really it's great. Really fun. Super fun to play. Beautiful. Mm. Great story. Good Norse mythology. Funny. It's great. Proto Lexus downloaded it. and reinstalled Elden Ring. Oh, Jesus. We've lost him. He started playing Elden Ring again. God bless. I guess we'll see him in a couple months. <laughs> Hopefully he emerges. Stay tuned. All right. Let's welcome some new Discord friends joining us in the last four days since mm. we last recorded. Oh, yeah. Neverminding, Shiloh, Karaser, Asher, Tip, Monkey Boy, and We Rolled. Mm-hmm. It's Welcome, good, everybody. It's been great. It's been going great. New Discord is popping off. popping. The Chucklehead is great. Mm. The state of the Discord is strong. <laughs> Our best days are ahead of us. Our best days are ahead of us. Well, what do you think? Should we get into this conversation Let's with Ian DeBorha? Do it! Let's get some Midsummer. Midsummer. 
Okay, so I just want to start, Ian, today, mm-hmm. I purchased my very first ever Blu-ray from mm. the Criterion Collection. Mm. Oh, wow. Excuse me. What'd you buy? <laughs> I bought Terry Gilliam's oh, Brazil nice. Director's Cut. Nice. Great flow. I don't have the number on it, but uh, but yeah, we have our dear friend, uh, Greg Yatanis is coming back in February and we're going to talk about the main cut and the director's cut. And I guess the happy ending cut. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, the happy version. ending cut. Yeah. Very controversial. <laughs> 97 like, minutes down from 222. That's pretty, that's pretty tough. Well, we can't do the whole Brazil pod now, but needless to say, the making of the movie is us uh, is a movie into itself. Yeah. I thought, mm. I think I've only seen the directors. I, I'm pretty sure that's the only version I've seen. Yeah, mm. there's a there's a documentary called the the fight of Brazil or fight for Brazil. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's going to be good. So what was the first uh, criterion, uh, you know, DVD or Blu-ray that you remember buying in? <sighs> uh, this. Oh, my God. I was, I was forever. Is Wayne's now. World in the in the criterion? It's not. But it, it, the fact that it's not it is be. a massive crime. <laughs> um, let's see. Criterion collection movies. Uh, it's hard. I mean, I have like, you're talking about a criterion edition, right? Sure. Not like a movie that happens to be in there. I, uh, yeah, I would say criterion edition. edition. Yes. Um, and while, while you're looking up, just so folks know, so Ian hosts a podcast called the Synonauts podcast, exploring the criterion collection. That's right. I thought this was a softball. I mean, I, yeah, I've, n- I've actually <laughs> never thought about this question because it's been so long. <laughs> I would assume it would probably be a Kurosawa. That would be like Ooh. my guess. Mm. Um, I would assume, or or it could have been Rushmore. It was either Kurosawa oh. or Wes Anderson. I imagine it was one of those two. That's probably like a very safe guess. I think mm. I had Rushmore DVD Criterion. Yeah. Uh, but I, I stopped buying in the Blu-ray era and haven't bought anything until having to buy it. Actually, you know what? I had the Armageddon Laserdisc. <laughs> Not a joke. Out of print. So I, I had that as well. Perfect movie. I, uh, I, I'm the same way. Like I stopped collecting physical media at some point. And so like I, the first criterion Blu-ray that I bought was like last year when I bought mm. Mulholland drive for this pod. And I also, Oh, bought wow. Barry Lyndon, you know, Miller's crossing is a criterion collection DVD age, but I don't think it's 4k. Not many criterions are 4k. They're just doing them now, mm-hmm. but the Blu-rays look really good. Honestly, I think it's fair. My general policy is if I'm going to buy physical media, it's got to be in 4K unless literally the media I'm trying to watch is not available in any other way. So mm. hence the Brazil. And I'm sure they're going to announce because 85, 40 years coming up in three years or whatever, two years. And so, um, you know, I'll be crying uh, when I buy that 4K uh, when that comes out. But mm. Mm. well, speaking of Ian, when can the people hear the newest episode of the Synodots. Yeah, we have a little slight hiatus because Catcher moved away for a summer. And oh, yeah, we did episodes with him there. The episodes <laughs> sound good, but you guys don't know the pain in the ass it was getting those episodes into any sort of or actually you you two by it. Did he tape with you guys ever while he was? Uh, no, he the... had to bail because a refrigerator melted. Yeah. Down. OK, yeah. So <laughs> two refrigerators melted down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you understand that. Um, but he was he was piggybacking off his brother's neighbor's Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah, this, this whole thing like Jesus. Uh, so a bunch of that. Um, and then Boom has been like traversing the world for a little bit, but we mm. are we do have plans of coming back uh, soon-ish, I imagine. 
Um, Soon-ish. Yeah. Okay. Before the end of the year. Yeah. 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 Definitely before. Okay. The All so, right. You heard it here first. Tape deck excellent. exclusive. Yeah. Uh, breaking yeah. news. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll we'll put the screws to catcher next week uh, when we have him on to talk Gattaca, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. Well, we are really excited to have you because we, for a long time, have been planning on tackling this particular movie because yes. of Florence Pugh yes. and because pew, pew, pew. it is amazing. Um, but we are tackling Ari Oster's Midsommar. Mm. That's right. Yes. Uh, lots of lots of lots of emphasis in that. Yeah, and there's no better time to talk about Midsummer than in the middle of midwinter. As yeah. <laughs> It's like the opening of the movie. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I think about when I think about, uh, you know, movies with no nighttime is November. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I wanted to have you on because, uh, you know, within the Slack, you know, the Papercade Slack where we originally met and then in the, the now Papercade Discord and across all these other discords, you have always established yourself, your bona fides mm. as an A24 certified junkie. Mm. So I just wanted to get that story. Like, where did that come from? What was the movie that that really put it on your map? And then what was the one that pushed it over the top? Uh, yeah. Spring Breakers, which was like the first or second A24 oh. movie. Oh. Uh, I saw that. I was like, holy shit, this is pretty wild that this is like a movie that's coming out i love that movie spring break forever um and then i'm pretty you know just after that i kind of kept tabs on it um but then i guess like hereditary was like another big one for me um Mm -hmm. and and to be clear in spite of what uh the fake news media may say, I don't just shill every single (laughs) 24 movie there are a lot of duds within the catalog but okay, a lot of those duds, like ninety percent of the duds, or ninety percent of the movies, they're all like original stories. They're not. Most of them are not based off a book. Most of them, right. like none, are remakes. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'll always like watch them. Um, you know, they just do things that you know other studios do not do. So you know, can you can you imagine when like the private equity firm gets their claws into a twenty four and they just start making them make franchises out of everything? Oh, I know there were like rumors that Apple TV was going to buy them or yeah, Apple. Yeah. And I was like, God, don't do it. Like, please. Uh, and I'm glad obviously they they didn't. But because um, they're spreading their love like TV across multiple streamers and networks mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, we, we get to avoid that. I, I see Slim has entered yeah, the Slim chat. Yeah, Slim showed up. He has some questions about yeah. uh, purchases you may have made. I'm going to say <laughs> people try and shame me. But. Twitter is the greatest website on the planet. <laughs> Jason, are you familiar with Twitter? I don't know if you've heard familiar, about Jason. it. Twitter's the greatest place on the planet, and we were getting free content, amazing content, for years. Yeah. Yes. Was I ashamed to pay eight dollars? No. I I probably would have paid ten to do so it. You, and you could have you could have played for Twitter Blue before. Yeah, but you, you, know, you I had it. I, I had Twitter Blue before. Twitter, I had it before. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then the, uh, you know, obviously the check was great. And in my head, I actually thought this is going to get stopped at some point. And so I bought it to make sure that, and now to lock it in, it. now it locked it in. Exactly. This right, is like, they just turn shit off like all the time. Like, yeah, so we have no, <laughs> yeah. So now it's mine. <laughs> There's no guarantees. That's mine. It's so like, it's an NFT. Mean. You had to like buy yeah. it that in that early drop. Exactly. <laughs> That's you had what to, it is. I knew someone would get screwed with it. Yeah. Also, in your Twitter profile pic, you look like you're 17. Yeah, that was from IMD. I would always just get new headshots uh, at Comic Con yeah. every year. That was like what I would right. do because they would have like all the Getty photos. Um, mm. That was that was long. That was probably like 2018 or something like that. Amazing. So that that was a long time ago. 
Amazing. That's All right. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we got you on the record as a an officially paid verified Twitter user That's for right. now. That's right. Congra- congratulations. All right. Well, what do you think, you guys? Should we get into this movie? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Midsommar is the search to find the true family that will hold and protect us. Danny is a talented young psychology grad student whose life is reduced to a sunless space when her sister loses her life to suicide, killing their parents along the way. Utterly devastated, Danny is completely reliant on her boyfriend, Christian, who is emotionally checked out, only staying with her out of guilt and the fear of striking out on his own. But their fates change when they and their friends, Josh and Mark, accept an invitation from Christian's classmate, Pella, to attend a midsummer celebration at his ancestral commune, the Harga, in Halsingland, <laughs> Sweden. What starts out as a carefree adventure takes a sinister turn when the friends find their inhibitions swept away by hedonistic and carnal desire, and they are ensnared in the dark rituals of this antediluvian cult. Pushed to the brink of mental and physical collapse, Danny and Christian must each make the choices that will define their places in this new world and whether they will live to see the sun rise after Midsommar. Woo, Midsommar! Uh, who wants to start? This is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I'd put off watching it. I never have seen Hereditary. Oh. I don't really like scary movies a yeah. ton. I'm okay, not don't like, watch it then. I'm not like I'm not like super squeamish, but I just don't like watching scary movies. And I think as I've gotten older, I've enjoyed watching them less. And so I'd sort of avoid this one. It's scary. Yeah. Hereditary is. Yeah. Hereditary is like yeah. a, a full on like horror. Full movie. on horror. Yeah. yeah. So I'd avoided this one, and I think this movie is not a full-on horror. No. This is like this is like a grotesque movie, but it's so surreal that it's like kind of a different thing. It's also like a comedy. Yeah, yeah. there's also there's also some lulls. Um, and then, but like I love Scandinavia, and I love Florence Pugh. Mm. Um, and so eventually, we just sort of had to watch it. And what a picture! It's great. Um, mm. This is all. I it was only my second time seeing it was for this pod. Um, and so I was happy to revisit it. That is my history. Nice. Ian. I, uh, like I said, big fan of Hereditary when that movie came out. Um, I also like Ari Aster's shorts. Uh, he has like a couple of shorts. You can, I think they're on Vimeo. They, most of them still mm. are. Um, they're also very good and very much in the same vein as like Hereditary, Midsommar, like familial trauma, all that sort of stuff. Um, and so I was very, very excited when this came out. Um, bunch of my friends we all went to the theater and it was great it was amazing i've watched mm. this movie a an obscene amount of times i watched this movie when really? i had COVID, when i had covid and this is like delta covid this is like when you still got like fucked up a little bit yeah uh-huh. tara i remember tara texted me and she was like do i hear midsummer in like our in or i guess in here in this bedroom anyway yeah so i've seen midsummer a whole bunch of times and i know we're talking about the theatrical cut um but i mm. far prefer the director's cut it i it is like the it is so good. They add so many pieces that it, a lot of, I think are necessary. But I also think that like for first time viewers, 
sitting through the director's cut is is tough. Like I think if you should only watch it if you enjoyed the theatrical. Um, but there is a mm. lot to get out of it. All right. I would like for you to, as we walk through the film, I would like for you to sprinkle in um, director's cut uh, elements. Sprinkle. Like, uh, I like know you told me mushrooms. to watch the theatrical, but I did not watch the theatrical. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, so I so I didn't have a lot of awareness. Like Obviously, I saw the trailers and I saw the, the pictures and it just looked super interesting and weird. Um, I know you and other people were raving about it, but I didn't watch this until finally a couple of years ago. I watched it at home with mm. my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. Hell yeah. Uh, we did like during COVID, I think, I guess, I don't remember when this was. No, this was pre-COVID. Um, we were just kind of like home a lot because Sam was very young. Um, and so we did kind of like a back-to-back within a week or two. We watched Midsommar and The Lighthouse. Mm. <laughs> so it was good back-to-back. And then they didn't want to watch any more mm. movies with me. And that was that was like the end of that, the end of that run. You did that in one night? No, 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 oh. no. Over a couple, over okay. a, like a couple of weeks, but, uh, but man, yeah, what a, it's just a, a really striking film, and and I loved it um, from the beginning. All right, so a couple of things to say before we get started. There's a great explainer video. Heavy spoilers. Every creepy little detail hidden in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a link to that, and that's got a lot of nice little details that I picked up on that. Um, also, I want to call out, there's a rune explainer in The Weekly mm. by Jeva Lang uh, mm. that's worth checking out, and I'm going to refer to that. Um, if you don't speak time. runic, I mean, mm. if you're not familiar, if you don't yeah. speak, if you don't, can't read Futhark, like some kind of, you know, illiterate. I mean, I've read a lot of Thor comics, but um, it's tough. Uh, so Ari Aster after the success of Hereditary, was approached by a Swedish production company, Be Real Films, to, quote, produce a slasher film set in Sweden. Um, <laughs> they were like, we would like you to make a travel documentary, encourage people to come to Sweden. <laughs> and get killed. <laughs> uh, and so he felt like he had no way into that story. But then he came up with a breakup movie dressed in the clothes of a folk horror film, which he went on to describe as the Wizard of Oz for perverts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, one. I, I I see it more of like um, <clears throat> it's like a rom com in a lot of ways to me. Like all the characters. Mm. I mean, specifically, you know, Christian. Like if you watch, she's all that, or you know, any mid nineties, eighties, nine eighties. Sorry, eighties. We're on dude pot here. Apologies. Uh, you know, romantic uh, comedy, teen, teen comedy type thing. Like all of the friends like fall into the archetypes that are like throughout all those. Um, right. So, right. You know, very similar to that too. Yeah. He had said that he was inspired also by the 1981 Albert Brooks film, Modern Romance. Mm. Nice. Um, Albert, Brooks. Albert Brooks month when? <laughs> Albert Brooks <laughs> no. is, love him. Uh, like the, the, I heard of, I heard of, there's one of the featurettes in which he talks about this as a, a surrealist breakup movie. Yeah. And like, that was definitely, I was like, gr- I was glad that was his first like kind of log line for the movie because when I, I watched it the first time I was like, oh, like she's in a bad relationship and this is just like how she's going to get out of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's all of this like other stuff. But she's in this codependent relationship that sucks. And like, you know, mm. she's got to She's got to just <laughs> light the dude on fire <laughs> in order to get out of it. Why um, not? And like he said specifically this thing or someone said like this thing that was like, I, I hope that people who have been through a breakup like go to see this movie um like and, and like it's cathartic for them basically it's like it's mm. like part of like and i could really see that like i mm-hmm. could see it sort of being a a thing that you you use to kind of purge 
Well, and and then he went deep. Once he got into this, he, he started studying midsummer celebrations and Swedish, German, English folklore, spiritualist movements. He said that he drew particular inspiration from Rudolf Steiner's Anthropos Anthropo Fuck Anthroposophy. Mm. Anthroposophy. I forget how to pronounce it. Mm. Uh, and Theosophy that. movement. Do you know about this? I do not. Waldorf. Me. You ever like Oh, the Waldorf school. Yeah. That I didn't know about. It's wild shit. It's like it's yeah. like Montessori times 10 and yeah, like yeah. don't let your kids read yeah. until they're like in second grade. Yeah, they yeah. only it's all magic and fantasy and like yeah. I was like, "Oh." We yeah. looked into that. We looked into that. I mean, you, you kind of find about all this stuff when you do the preschool tours and I was like, and there's also some weird shit about like pooping or something in that one, I think. I don't <laughs> know. But anyway, it was like it was too much. And then uh but yeah, yeah, you find out about all these fucking cults when you just try to figure out where your kid's going to go with pink eye. <laughs> You're like, Italian seems fine. Yeah. Uh, so they did this insane shoot. It was not shot in Sweden because Sweden's film laws only allow you to shoot for eight hours per day. Cowards. Uh, they're like, we're not even warmed up by that point. Yeah. Um, so they went to Hungary for four months and the set was three languages because they had English, Hungarian, and Swedish happening. Yes. Yeah. And they Crazy. built this whole and they built this whole village uh, in Hungary, which is amazing. Incredible. Yeah, there's a time lapse on the a time lapse. Of there's it, a time yeah. lapse on YouTube, I think, of them building the village, which is cool to watch. Yeah, yeah I haven't watched it yet, but I'm like the all of the architecture, the production design, the cinematography, obviously, in this film is so far through the roof. It's just amazing. It must silly points out in chat that the, by all accounts, it was a kind of a brutal shoot and it must have been fairly tough just because they were on location. Like there was like a base camp that they all stayed at and then they went and shot at this village. It was all at this village except for mm -hmm. the, you know, the very beginning of the movie. Brooklyn. Um, yeah. And then they're doing all this fucking weird shit out in the field. I mean, it must have been it must have been pretty intense. Mm. Mm. Well, so the film starts in winter. And we have this opening shot of the harp playing, and we have the view of the tapestry. So, mm. Ian, it's all there, yes? Yeah, yeah. If you pause the whole, it, the, the, entire, whole movie. the entire movie is in it, um, which is great. I love it. Especially because like, yeah. when, you, when you open a movie like that, like I feel like you would assume like people are going to look at it and be like, that's probably the movie. So I still like that they did it at the beginning and like, not at the end. I think mm -hmm. that says, you know, shows a lot of confidence there. Hmm. I remember looking at it and trying to memorize as many details as I could, but also let it flow over because it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the music is so great. And then the the train the transition to very tranquil music with this woman singing mm. and these views of the snowy forests and all this stuff. And then just the harsh interruption of the voicemail and Danny's, you know, message. Listen, I got kind of a scary email from Terry and she hasn't been responding. Surprise, surprise. But uh, uh, yeah, it sounds like you guys have been fighting or something happened. And this is very, like, it's so intense. It's so jarring uh, to have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have yeah. a pretty high tolerance for horror movies. But even like for the many times I've rewatched this, I have admittedly skipped the first five minutes on some watches of this movie because I just want to get oh, to like, wow. the comfort viewing part of this movie. Because like right. the first couple minutes are are pretty rough. Pretty tough. Um, the music is incredible. Uh, and then, you know, Florence is like just crying and screaming is 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 amazing, but it is hard just like if I'm in the mood to watch it, just like throw it on. So sometimes I'll jump over that part, but it's, that movie really <laughs> sets the tone. 
like the, be- it's the beginning like, of the film. It's got like a virgin suicide sort of vibe. Yes, totally. Uh, oh yeah. Good I call. mean, there's like asphyxiation in that as well, but like it, it's it's it it has that kind of like very haunting, ethereal mm-hmm. horror. Yeah, yeah. Because virgin vibe. suicides is kind of like a fairy. T- I mean. Yeah, fairy, fairy yeah. shot in a fairy tale type of way, like yeah. the narration and dreamy, dreamy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Dude, that air soundtrack, you kidding Amazing me? Shit. Yeah, that's right. Woo! I can't remember if they played that at Outside Lands or not. If they did, uh, that was whatever a great set. The, the the main track was, but yeah. that was that was life giving. Um, so she is like freaking out. She got a message from her sister saying, "I can't anymore. Everything's black. Mom and Dad are coming with me too. Goodbye." which is very intense. And she calls Christian for help. Mm. Uh, and so this is the first view of the interaction. And she asks what he's up to. And he says, um, just smoke some resin with Mark. Now we're getting pizza. Hell yeah. Like Jason smoking resin with your pals. Like, I don't know. Like it just seems a little, well, look, they were young. I mean, yeah. they were in the, they're like, they're in their <laughs> college students, right? They're in grad resin school, phase. to be fair. Yeah. yeah. They're in grad school. So they're super broke. Yeah. So they're like, you know, <laughs> Doing the classic scrape the bong to make one last bowl situation. <laughs> I've read. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard. Uh, so so this whole thing of him basically telling her that she's overreacting again um, and her feeling really bad about it. I'm very lucky to have you. Yeah, well. I love you. Yeah, you know it's bad. You know it's bad from the jump. And yeah. they know it's bad. Like, they tell you it's bad. Like, she kind of has this whole freak out where she thinks she's going to get dumped. And he's and his friends are immediately like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, Mark Mark points to the waitress at the pizza yeah, like, place and says, see, you could be getting her pregnant. He's <laughs> so great. <laughs> Don't forget all the Swedish girls you could be impregnating. Oh, my God. That guy's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what so I mean by like funny. the, you know, the the 90s rom-com, 90s teen movie yeah, yeah, yeah. tropes. Like, yeah. He was so over the top. Like, you know. He's like a super bad character. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Totally. And, you know, the the gaslighting on uh, Christian's part is a 10 out of 10 throughout the whole movie. It's pretty unbelievable <laughs> the lengths mm. he goes to. And more so in the director's cut than in the theatrical, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Like the yeah, night, there's the a night couple, scene. couple additional yeah. scenes where you're really like, man, Christian, you are like a huge piece of shit. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so him answering the phone to just Danny wailing. So first of all, her performance and the way she is wailing mm-hmm. and the kind of the commitment that she has there. Um she, I, I just, my note said she's crying so hard. She does that bronchitis cough that Sam does sometimes when he's just like, when you're crying, when the kid is crying so hard, it's like, oh my God, dude, chill out. Yeah. Um, but the swelling of the music, the images of the firefighters going through the house, mm-hmm. the picture, you know, the image of her sister with the thing taped to her face, like that fucked me up for days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the first pretty, time I saw that. Yeah. Pretty disturbing. Not good. Also, there's like when they go into the bedroom, there is like a picture of Danny, I think, wearing a flower crown or there's a flower over her head and a frame, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's very tough. And so him, like there's a whole thing of him. um, He's kind of like holding her, kind of trying to console her somewhat, but he doesn't say anything to her. He's just like way out of his depth here, Mm. I think. Yeah, he doesn't know. Well, I mean, in fairness, like <laughs> this is this this is a tough one for anyone, let alone yeah. someone that you are about to dump. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think like I think like he kind of immediately gets 
the thing, which is that like he's now locked in a relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Like he's not going to be able to break up with her for a very, very long time because right. like you can't dump someone whose entire family just got murdered slash suicided. And so, you know, yeah, there mm. you go. Incidentally, I don't know if we've <laughs> said it yet with our preamble. We will. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like trigger warnings, like this movie is violent. <laughs> There's a lot of horrible stuff that happens. Um, and uh, yeah, you shouldn't, you should not, uh, you should, it's got a lot of bad stuff in it. It's, it's <laughs> disturbing. Okay. Yeah. It's a tough one for sure. There might be a more concrete way of saying that, but like <laughs> this movie is like just all the triggers. Like yeah. it's everything like, yeah, 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 yeah. No shortage, no shortage, of no shortage of triggers. So, um, so the cut from wintertime to spring, Danny depressed, laying in the bed. First of all, we have the, the artwork behind her is mm -hmm. a painting of a queen and a bear. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's kind of like touching the bear in the nose and he's kind of like bowing before her. Um, I like that. But then they head to a party and Pele, he's the one who says that everyone's coming to Sweden. And when he says, I didn't notice it before when he says that he looks right at Danny, he just like mm -hmm. lasers right in on her. Um, and she gets in a fight with Christian because he didn't tell her he already bought a ticket. Um, and this is where we have kind of the first big instance here where he says, I really think I should leave. Please, I'm not trying to attack you then. I'm sorry. Please come sit with me. Please, we can talk about it. Um, and just like really her desperation there, I think, is is very palpable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the opening tapestry, like if you look at it, and I, I only noticed this a couple times ago, like the, the first frame of the tapestry, you see Danny and Christian talking, but then you actually see Pele in the tree holding a notebook. Um, so they give away, like even that he's like sort of puppet mastering this whole thing together, mm -hmm. um, which, is, which isn't even like explicitly obvious. I think the first couple times you watch it, like the first time mm -hmm. I watched it, I didn't think that Pele like literally was like, his goal was to get them there. I thought just to get any friends there, but not specifically like finding like these people who they knew would fit into like the fool or whatever character tropes they needed to fill in. Um, yes. Yeah, it's great. Mm, their targeting is very good. Yes. Yeah, SEOs very <laughs> accurate. Um, <laughs> uh, I love the uh, so the cut to the guys hanging out, and Mark asks, In Stockholm, are there any like meatball sex clubs we should hit up before we head north? <laughs> meatball sex clubs, hell yeah. Uh, oh, it's so basically, Christian has invited Danny because he can't break up with her, and they're all super bummed about it, except for Pele, who is excited. He does this move where he hides his drawing, mm -hmm. she asks him what he's drawing, and he says it's just a table. Um, I freeze framed it. It is just the table. He mm -hmm. literally is just drawing exactly what, what was on there. Um, but when then he tries to tell her that he lost his parents and she begins freaking out and she cries and that moment of the yeah. cut of her walking into the bathroom yeah. and then she's on the airplane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Love good. It. But also this is like, this is also like the cue breaking down in reaction to him saying that he was orphaned, like her yes. kind of crumpling mm -hmm. is when you start to understand what we're fucking dealing with, with, you know, pew, pew, pew. Like she is, she's clearly a force. Like she's clearly mm. going to be able to anchor this movie. Um, and I think it's important that you have that scene at the beginning to like, uh, you know, just like show like how, cause that's like one of the things that she does is like, she's just able to show this emotional vulnerability and like raw raggedness. Mm -hmm. Um, that is just super great. Like she's she doesn't seem over the it. top either. No. Like with all the other over the top characters and like obviously the over the top like um cult, like she is very much a ground like is grounded throughout 
the whole film, which I guess is also kind of the point. Um, Even when yeah. she's losing it, like it's still right, that's what like I mean, yeah. She can go all the way. She can go all the way, but she's not. She's not over uh, mm-hmm. going way beyond. Yeah, like if you compare and contrast her, like Elizabeth Moss is obviously one of our great criers, oh, and like, mm, but like her, here we go. her, her, her <laughs> like emotional crying is like sort of. It, it, I love Elizabeth Moss, but like hers is like almost more ecstatic. What she's doing, like she has a lot of like smiley crying, like and where she's like, it's almost this like transcendent emotional experience. She, mm. Elizabeth Moss is great. But they overuse but it in they overuse Handmaid's Tale. Like, I, I oh, get course, it. Yeah. I get it. They yeah, do the exact same shot times are tough. We multiple get it. times it's fucking every tough. season. <laughs> we get it. Okay. We get it. She's very we good. We understand. No yeah. one wants to be, you know, yeah. Yeah. just impregnated by a religious okay. cult. It's tough. <laughs> Ian, doesn't, Ian doesn't need to see your fucking tears. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, oh, it's just the uh, same shot. You know? But like, <laughs> I stopped watching Handmaid's Tale because it was just too much. But. Like Pew, I think, is more like raw. Like she's like yeah. more like crushed. Yes. Mm. Um, I don't know how that's gonna figure into Irulan at all. Like there's really not a lot of opportunity, at least on the text, for emotional vulnerability from Irulan in mm. at least the first book. Um, and so I don't know what they're gonna do with that, but we'll find out. I can't fucking wait to see. Can't fucking wait. Oh my god. So high. I just want to say one other thing on the plane when there she goes to sit down next to Christian and the camera pushes through the window and then when it does it's kind of caught in the turbulence. I just I love, love that, that details like so small but amazing. Mm-hmm. Summer in Sweden um and they're all in the car. How long is the drive? About 4 hours. Oh my god. And then we have the overhead shot. Yeah, yeah come on. So good. This yeah, has that's... now been like heavily, heavily borrowed by everybody. I noticed it on the Green Knight, like big yeah. time. Yeah, it, it's a it's a good signifier of like the next like <laughs> you know show's over. You know, you're 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 not in uh, Kansas anymore. I guess is that's that's like the moment of there. If it's like a whatever he said, fucked up Wizard of Oz. Um, <clears throat> but that's actually a random extended director's cut scene. So like in that drive, in the director's cut, it's like a minute or two longer where it's just um, what's his name staying stupid shit, Mark. Just Mark, like saying yeah. like weird things for, you know, the drive is, is kind of funny. Huh. This movie is kind of like a spiritual cousin of Green Knight in some way. It's like this oh, yeah. sensual, yeah. lush. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Off in, kilter. In yeah. The thing that struck me, this was the moment seeing this upside down shot the first time in 20, it was probably late 2019 or 2020. Um, I just remember thinking like, shit, okay, so horror movies are where innovation is happening right now. This is where people are really doing amazing cinematography and production design and cool stuff. And I need to be paying more attention to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's true. Because all other movies are shot on a green screen with people in costumes. <laughs> All right. So they arrive at the first stop, uh, which already instantly is gorgeous. They meet Pele's brother and his friends, Connie and Simon. Um, this is like, there's a crazy one here uh, mm-hmm. where they go over Very to good. meet uh, Ingmar uh, and those guys. It's so cool. And that's up until, you know, he says that it's time for shrooms. So she's like instantly pressured by Mark mm-hmm. and yeah. Christian does not do. He does kind of like a half-assed attempt. A half-assed but, job. He yeah. does like a half-assed job. He could have done a better job protecting her and he, he doesn't because he wants to do shrooms. 
Yeah. Correct. But so Ian, how important is it when you're doing shrooms with a group of friends that you all eat the shrooms at the same time so that you're on the same wavelength for the duration of the trip? I say people take their own journeys. That's my <laughs> I do that's think, my thing. I, I do think like maybe your journey not being with someone who's going through post traumatic stress yes. of having lost their entire family in a murder suicide. I got yeah, it. There are other there are other factors beyond the yeah. uh you know, beyond the timing. I the would timing. Say. Yeah. Sure. That's maybe not a good idea. Like to go take a trip when you're in the midst of like a, well, she a, a knows partial breakdown. She, tried, she knows she like, shouldn't look, have, but she was trying yeah. to be like, you know. She's trying to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which again. Yeah. And like, that scene when she, it starts going bad for her where she's like, no, 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 no. Don't think that. Don't think that. That's yeah. relatable that's real shit. shit. That's some relatable <laughs> shit. <laughs> the, of, of, you know. I actually think like the way that they capture and it, it happens a lot more in the back half of the film, but they tease it a little bit here. where like, you know, the tree, the way the trees sort of like breathe and wiggle and all that sort of stuff. That's like the most mm -hmm. accurate depiction yeah, at, yeah, of what 100%. it looks like. I mean, that's like spot on. Yeah, we had this it, conversation. Like. At least that's what I've heard. Discord. Yeah, that's what I've heard. What, what <laughs> I've read what 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 on Earwood yeah. uh, <laughs> and various Wikipedia. Yeah, our r slash drugs tells me that's a very <laughs> accurate. Very dimension. accurate. Yeah, yeah the breathing. <laughs> of the trees and the way yeah. the faces though i thought what they did with the faces was actually really smart yeah they do it a lot but like yeah. the faces subtly distort and it's so like subtle yeah it's noticeable but it's so subtle the first time you see it you're like is that face fucked up and that yeah. as i've read is also very accurate yeah <laughs> well ari ari said that they had like 60 different versions of the effects for this shot yeah and they like some of them it was too distracting other ones you couldn't see and you were spending right. more time looking for the tripping effect than you were paying attention to the characters they hit it um, spot on it's very similar perfect. to the way spielberg was a nitpick with the jaws edit i would say it's probably in the same tier mm. of uh you know uh scrutiny um, yeah and then she also makes the grave mistake of looking in a mirror which <laughs> yeah never do that <laughs> Yeah, never do that. Never do that. That's crazy. obviously, but then she sees Terry in the background uh, as she lights the the match. So that was fucking scary. And then just the the score there that drops yeah. as she runs um, on her way, and then dreams of Terry and her parents, um, and mm. then wakes up six hours later. And uh, that's the only thing I thought was unrealistic. Yeah, that that doesn't make six sense. Six hours on mushrooms, yeah. but it's fine. Um, so. She says, as you know, Palais is getting people together. Where are we going? Where we came for. And then we have this music. Oh God, that as they are walking so through the forest. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. so incredible. The horns and the flutes and stuff, or whatever the pipes. Yeah, it's so pipes it's so and good. shit. The flowers through the path. You have a forest path, but then there are flowers planted into that path, like yeah. sun, sun, you know, yellow sunflowers or whatever. It's so. Gorgeous. Leading the yeah. cows to the slaughter, you know? Classic. Yeah, it is pretty. And they come through that portal. Yeah. Exactly. Sun portal. And Danny's sense of wonder when she sees them. Um, these buildings, many of them are really off kilter, including yeah. the sex tent, which looks like a building is mounting another building. Is mm -hmm. that my alone in thinking? I like that? that. I like that. I like what you're doing with your dirty mm -hmm. mind. <laughs> finally like filthy honed, architect finally honed dirty mind i uh, like that i I just i think the movie's like cinematography like really shines through at this point because you're just like oh it looks so good the colors look so it's such just like this perfect amount of like brilliant but not too garish and like it's just so gorgeous like it's so pretty 
Um, yeah, because they could have gotten lazy with how it looked just with like the set alone. They could have gotten away with a lot, yes, but yes. they took the time to make it look like fucking good. So this is Pavel Pogorzelski is the is the DP. He shot Hereditary. Or his guy. He shot, yeah. he shot Nobody. He shot the upcoming Blue Beetle DC movie. Get that. He's doing Ari's that. next film also. Disappointment Boulevard. Yes. Mm-hmm coming soon um so they yeah, should go- do what like lucasfilm did or star wars did where they put out those like silent reels of just like planet shots or like space shot you know ship oh, shots. yeah on disney like, plus they have that yeah the oh, disney plus yeah, like kind of screenscapery things they should do that <laughs> with like midsummer footage nice. so now we have civ who is uh the kind of like the matriarch leader of the group and she says it has been 90 years since our last great feast and it will be 90 years before our next. And what poetry that it's now the hottest and brightest summer on record. We already have so much to give back. And so, without any further blathering, let's raise our glasses and let our nine-day feast commence. Skål! Skål! Skull, we talked about this in chat. It was great. First of all, shout out to Zolotis, uh, who was with us in chat, who, li- who is Swedish. He lives in Sweden. Um, and he uh, he was very and he was very on it with the fact checking of what was real and was. what was not in this movie. Um, and it was appreciated and very funny at times. Um, and Skull is my second favorite cheers. I like Skull a lot. My first favorite Cheers is Slancha, um, but Skull is a close second. And I think my favorite Cheers sound- is the TV show from the seventies. Yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, you can't get better than that. Go Woody. Slancha yeah, so is good. I I pose a question. What about you, Prost? You. Okay, go ahead. They say it's every ninety years, but I actually don't think it's every ninety years. They don't explicitly say this, but there's a couple things like when they look at all the old pictures of the May Queens, they're clearly more. And they, I get they do that part. Maybe they do that part annual. The Atesputa part, like everything seems to be a part of like their 90 year tradition. But they're just like little things along the way that I feel like they do it annually. And they're I think the 90 year thing is to lure it. in like these people who want to come see this like once in a lifetime thing. Cause they bring that up a couple times. Um, what's his name? Josh, a couple times, like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, blah, blah, blah. You know? So I, I'm, I'm curious if that's like a part of it or anything like that. I mean, it, it could not be, but well, base curious. nine, base nine seems to be a thing for these people. Yeah. Uh, right. Cause it's a nine day. It's a nine day thing. Is that cause Vikings have festival. lost a finger at some point in the conquest? <laughs> like they're just like, I don't know. I'm not sure where that comes from, but like, they also have, like, you know, it's like when they talk about their seasons of life, it's in 18 years. Right. You know, nine times oh, right, two. Right, right. And like there's nine people sacrificed at the end. Yeah. Um, and so like maybe they only do like the sacrifice at the end, for example. Right. Um, the big party. Uh, sure. As like for the 90 year thing. No, but no, that can't be right. Because they know the uh, tradition. Like, oh, they know all the. That was another thing is that everyone knows the. What to do. What to do. Which I guess is a good practice when people aren't there. Like, I guess that's. Not they have a whole year to prep, right? So it's a great impossible. it's it actually is a great question. It would be interesting to follow up on that. And it, it the thing when you said that, Ian, that it made me think of was um the wicked and the divine, right? Wasn't mm. that like every 90 or 100 years? Mm-hmm. Um the gods reincarnated. So we have now it's time for music and dancing. Um, and so Simon comes up. He is uh Ingmar has brought his two friends, Simon and Colleen 
from London and he asks what game they're playing as they're dancing. And Ingmar says, skin the fool. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, nothing, nothing wrong here. Hex points out in chat an interesting thing, which is that maybe the cycles are 18 years because Pella watched his parents burn. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe they just do the burnings every, every 18 years. Yeah. Possible. Possible. We'll have to go to Harga. Yeah. To uh, investigate, to figure it out. What's going on. Okay, Jason. Without looking at IMDb, look at me. Look at me. Who? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Did you recognize Simon? Who's Simon? Who's Simon? The, Which one's Simon? The other, the the friend of Ingmar. No, I don't know who Simon is. Who's you Simon? don't know who Simon is. No, tell me who he is. I'm excited. Is Simon, he a Star Wars guy. I couldn't believe. As soon as I heard him talk, I was like, Oh my god, it's that asshole Kofun. Who's Kofun? Kofun from C. Oh, it's Kofun. It's Kofun. Oh, fuck. So I will be referring to Kofun for the rest of this episode, just so you know. That's that's why. Uh, so Kofun is there. Everybody Simon. Go- yes. Simon, the other, the English boyfriend. Yeah, the yes. friend. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right? Who gets blood eagled. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, so everyone goes to dance, and Pele gives um, Danny a drawing for her birthday. He says it's something that he does only for birthdays. Yeah. Um, and then she's she talks about it a little bit. He says, anyway, just between us. Yeah, well, Kristen forgot anyway, so this is amazing. Thank you. Oh. No, 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 no. I forgot to remind him, and it's it's not his fault. It's That's... That's so insane. I forgot to remind him. That was like, yeah, that psychotic. is definitely the dagger, right? Yeah. Super psychotic. It, yeah. It's completely insane. Mm. That landed yeah. That landed for sure. Uh, yeah. Very, very clearly. I will say one note of detail. The drawing has two runes on it. Mm. And per please help a broke girl 11 on Reddit. The first rune is the backwards R or Raidho, which means crisis, rigidity, stasis, injustice, irrationality. So he can see that uh, she is lost and stuck. And the second rune is the inverted symbol of Dagaz, which means completion, ending, limit, and coming full circle. Who's mm. what was it? Who said this? Please help a broke girl eleven. He, f- he found this on. He found this on this R slash Gone Wild. This is this is literally like if you're trying to figure out what happened in like the SBF FTX news and like you're reading like various crypto sites like they're all like this. Like, please help a gro- a broke girl is like the leading researcher on like on like how hedge funds imploded. Uh, it's it, it's exact same like type of username, same form. It's all from Reddit or like some site that's using a 4chan fucking font. It's great. this is the future. Yeah, this is the future. Um, so I citizen just, journalism, baby, <laughs> elevating the citizen journalism and breaking yeah. the, you know, the, the media, the corporate media's, uh, grasp fucking lamestream media. My notes just say stuff is unfolding fast. So you have, what's that building over there? It's a sacred temple, but no one's allowed in there. Hell yeah. So we're just going to ignore the bear then. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. A, it's a bear. It's and, a bear. And what's cuts, that? And then it goes to the tapestry, right? Which is like. We can check again, it out. It's a little love story. Yeah. Which again, it very explicitly says like exactly what's about to happen for the, the Christian storyline. Uh, hilarious and horrifying at the same time. And the music is incredible. Yeah. 
Should we shout it out right now? What do you say? Yeah, let's, shout it out. Let's can do you, it. Can you do uh, it? So this is the Haxon Cloak, um, <laughs> a.k.a. Bobby Krillick. Um, and apparently Ari was writing the script to the Haxon Cloak um, on repeat. And after he finished it, reached out and said, hey, would you like to score this film? He has gone on to do Snowpiercer, the TV show, and also Paper Girls, which I haven't watched yet. But I love that comic. I do too. I heard the show was fine, so I didn't watch yeah. it. I didn't see the show. It was supposedly fine and then canceled. It just felt like they were trying to do like, you know, Stranger Things catch up, which never works. Paper Girls, I've heard amazing things from. It's really good. The book is. About, yeah. Amazing. You should read the whole series. Just read the whole thing, start to finish. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Quite amazing. Just do that. All right. So now we have, uh, you know, the introduction to the dormitory um, and. I just love the detail of the woman who comes in and says the children are watching Austin Powers of the South House if you want yes. to join. Like, Big Kev moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Mackenzie. But so like, I guess that's to say that they have some remnants of modern aspects here. Yeah. I don't know where this screening room is. Where do they, they keep this TV? <laughs> it's like, all charade. I'm telling you all these things, maybe like the subtext that they're all, they just like like killing people every year. And so they just put on this big show. You know, but otherwise they just live a totally. But do you think no- that the life. kids are watching like Goldmember in the Hump House, like when it's not? <laughs> That's the question. Like I mean, they That's... are a very sexually oriented cult. Yes, you know, so maybe that's their way of uh, introducing them. You know? yeah, but then when maybe. when she walks off, Mark says, Hell, "Who was that?" <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I want to give her a bath. Lots of great one-liners from Mark. Christian tries to give Danny the cake, but it won't light. It's not looking good. Well, and this is like his lame ass fucking, yeah. you know, attempt to be there for her, for her, you know, for her birthday to have something done, but he didn't do shit. He sucks. He sucks. Mark sucks. He should die. Yeah. He, yeah. he does. <laughs> he should die horribly. Lucky for you. <laughs> uh, I do love, uh, Pele says, first ritual tomorrow, Atastupa. And Josh says like, not actually. And Pele says, eh, it's pretty actual. Yeah. <laughs> even before that i mean you know when they're, when they're in the room <clears throat> it's like it just because like a big theme of this movie and i you know a reason why danny ends up st- staying is that like you know it's all about she finds another family right and so yep they just do like little pieces of that like the whole everyone eats together at the same time everyone sleeps in the same room together all that sort of stuff so again it, it looks like just a cool like kind of oh there's like little village type thing but they're all little pieces that, you know, make sense to give her that complete circle or whatever that um, Christian was talking about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Together. Together. Um, this first ritual with this woman singing is so incredible. Um, and it just like unfolds. So there's all these moments where the combination of the cinematography and the score are so powerful. And just the environment, just how green and how bright uh, everything is. Um, until Mark breaks the spell. Someone should tell those girls they're walking stupid. But I love this line where there's total silence as everyone's standing around the table and Christian asks Pele, how long do they typically stand? We're going to stand <laughs> until it's right to sit. Yeah. <laughs> Great line. That felt like, I don't know, that's like like a Bene Gesserit or Hoffman or something. I don't know what. Like something Hoffman. in there. Hoffman. Something resonated for sure in me. I was like, yes, this, this is This movie good. probably felt very different after your process. I'm after sure. your processing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had to text the group and I was just 
It hits different. It's Did had they had they experienced midsummer? Your Hoffman posse. I, I, there were a few uh, kind of knowing responses uh, that I saw from a, from a few folks uh, who had obviously seen the film. What was it like to experience an etostupa in person? H. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there were no. Uh, there was nobody jumping off. Was I'll that accurate that. to the film? Uh, did you I, get to hold the mallet? I did not. At any time. Did not. Well, <laughs> offline. Offline. So detailed, the table, the shape of the table is the Odal rune. Mm. Um, it's the most common rune in Midsummer due to its is this also from Broke Girl groups. 420. What's that? Is this also from Broke Girl 420? <laughs> no, this is from that other weekly, uh, the, the okay. other, uh, that right. weekly article that I referenced earlier. Odal refers to the evil traditions passed down um, from generations. I love the silence, the old couple, the like, Taking the drink and touching shoulders uh, and coming back, all of that is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I'm I'm assuming in like the director's cut, like all these scenes are like just a little longer. It feels a little mm. longer. Um, so they really like are having stare downs. Like you know, there are a lot of scenes where Danny's kind of looking and makes eye contact with someone else, and they're all staring at each other from across the table, and kind of the tension is a lot longer huh. um, in the director's cut, which I, I also like. Hmm. So the horns playing at this part as they get to the Atastupa is like really putting me in a trance. Like it is very just repetitive and trance-like um, as you get there. Um, the reactions of everybody, like Christian, you can see he's like holding his mouth. He's like definitely freaking out. Um, we have the do- the runestone up at the top that they put their bloody hands on. Mm-hmm. That's a great shot. That's a great Gift. shot. Gift is one of that runes and the other is a secret ritual. Um, it's not very secret Dan- if you're writing that it's a secret. <laughs> but anyway, don't tell. Don't tell what, after we jump off. Yeah. Um, Danny can feel it coming, uh, and I love the way Florence plays that. And when it cuts to silence, and you have her inhale and grabbing Christian's arm. <gasps> fucking amazing. Yeah, that was a fun theater experience because like everyone basically knew what was like about to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, it was very fun to see that in theater. It was a silent, yeah, yeah. silent when. It- yeah, it was great. Oh my god, it's so good. It's really good. Also, that like cut your hands and rub them on the runestone thing. That is what is required to get into the Dune Part Two screening at IMAX <laughs> uh, next November. <laughs> Um, so some yeah, the, but the ruins are just going to be Kevin Silly standing there shirtless by the doors. <laughs> yes, you have, to rub, you have to rub blood. You have to rub blood on Kev and or Silly. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. Uh, so I do like that. Kofun is the one who is screaming in the background. He yeah, is like, I like that too. He's not having it uh, at at all. But then it just when he jumped, the old man, you know, like the moaning. It just says moaning stops when uh, when it's hammer time. Um, but also like and, the group screams, right? Like, yeah. like that's so cool. And a sort of tease again, teases like the family stuff. Like, you know, they, they are all feeling the same pain. They're all living the same life type thing. Um, right. Cause the, the, the cries and screams aren't like them being emotional. It's them trying to commiserate with the old dude who, for some reason, decided to land on his feet. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, incidentally old bro. Like, Don't have you that. been, have you been to this before? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's not the way, my guy. Like, head first, yeah. dude. Head first, or uh, you know, or just not feet first, not break the ankles. <laughs> yeah, come on. 
And then the cuts of like the hammer going into the head were so gnarly. How like they're very but, gnarly. Yeah. But the and second also, shot with the close up on her eyes yeah. was yeah. amazing. Yeah. That that, that image. This and, also and, and, establishes like sort of a a thing that becomes important throughout the rest of the movie, which is that the rest of the community has this empathic bond mm-hmm. such that when one person experiences a strong emotion, exactly, uh, or they feeling. all feel it. Yeah, they all feel it. Or sensation. Yeah, they all feel it. Um, And so, yeah, that's important. I I think this scene is also important because um, it also tips the hand that like this cult is a little more sinister than like these are just traditions when that first guy with the hammer did the job, you know, right. But then they keep doing it and bring more people to do it, even though like it was over after that first one. Um, So, you know, I think it, it it tells you a little bit. Um, but I thought Siv's explanation was actually kind of amazing. The way she was able to talk down Kofun and, and Connie. Not their first um, rodeo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go to the playbook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I just love Danny walking and crying. She's like, I just, I can't be here right now. But then just the way she's walking across the grass and the camera's mm-hmm. tracking with her and the tears coming down her face. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, Christian tells Josh he's going to do his thesis. That's another bat, you know, B plot that's running. Um, I don't think we need to get into that, but it's so good. The, it's such a shitty move. It's hilarious. He is a dickhead. It's so and funny. And he did. He did tell Pale though that he wanted to do it uh, the day before. Yeah. Um, What's also funny is that Josh's like immediate reaction was like, "You don't even know how to use like listserv until yeah. we met or whatever." Like the li- yeah, you're library just a scrub. Yeah, like you don't even know how to use Libsyn. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like that's just the- <laughs> total <laughs> loser. Yeah, total loser. Um, so Pele and Danny, I love this conversation, and he says that his parents died in a fire. But I have always felt held. by a family, a real family. Which everyone deserves. And you deserve. And she takes his hand and and they hold it. Um, That's really strong to to me. That's a key moment in this film. Pele's out there trying to trying to make his way in. It's interesting, too, because it's an echo of the thing with what's his face and Kofun, how like he, the other Swedish guy who brings people back was dating Ingmar. the girl. Ingmar was dating the girl before. So there are, there's always like this, like, you know. But she says it, she didn't know it was a date. Yeah, he's like, yes, whatever. Now they're together. Like he tries to play it off, but it's clear it's still and That's why him. he didn't find the May Queen. He fucked it up. Yeah, he, he, he didn't know up. how to find his targets correctly. He didn't know how to find them. And that's why he had to die with yeah. fucking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he fucked up. Yeah. Way to go, Ingmar. Way to go, fucking Ingmar. Um, Scrub. The the nightmare of her like waking up in the middle of the night and thinking they're leaving her, and Mark's yeah. like evil fucking face looking out the back of the car the as it drives away. Smoke coming out. Yeah. The smoke God, coming out of her awesome. mouth was mm. fucking horrific. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and her family, you know, strewn around the Atastupa was totally horrific. Mm. Um, but now things start to fall apart. <laughs> Mark pees on the ancestors. No! Like, can we not? Listen, listen. After Atastupa, I'm not peeing anywhere. Yeah. Like, I am not, I am not, I'm forget going number to two, just yeah. quietly by myself. <laughs> like, and until someone tells me what is allowed or not, there's no way I'm just going to go, like, who knows what's going on here? Absolutely yeah. not. 
Not good. Um, Connie tries to leave, but then they tell her that Kofun already oh, yeah. left, and then yeah, they're yeah. gonna. He's gonna. You know, they're gonna take her later. It's a wrap um, for you, Connie. Yeah, she's she's done. And so Christian ignores Danny when she tries to get some help. In 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 the director's cut, you actually kind of. I think you see uh, Simon leaving or getting uh-huh. like pulled away, and then there's a couple scenes throughout the director's cut where like you hear screams. So, yeah, like, you hear. Or is that in the original as well? Is that in the that is also in that here is, as well? Yeah, Danny is baking with the ladies and having yeah, okay, a really okay. nice I, I time. I can't remember again like what's in between the two. Sure, but you randomly just hear a woman screaming in the distance, and everyone's yeah. like, "That's weird." Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, we have Josh researching the book and discovering that the oracle is always a product of deliberate inbreeding. Um, all of that is really scary, Ruben is really scary. Yeah. yeah. Ruben's scary. This is like also a hereditary thing? Like, is this just like, because isn't there a like- No. A, the hereditary thing, it's, I, it's I wouldn't- It's not an no, It's not, it's definitely not inbreeding. Okay. Um, I think she has like a, some, you know, developmental disabilities, but it's not. Okay. Also, if you haven't seen hereditary, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, no. Yeah, I, I actually can't say too much more than that, okay, but it's not, right, right, it's not right, what you right, think. All right. Yeah. Never mind. All right. But yeah, um, so Ruben, the the oracle is specifically inbred so that their yes. mind is un, unclouded, unclouded by cognition, yes. and they only receive pure whatever. Yeah, um, and 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 William Jackson Harper, who plays Josh, his like he immediately realizes like, hey, this is like also not a good situation now. But the way he like catches himself and like tries to keep the conversation normal, where he's like, so are they always? Uncla- like he's like you can yeah. tell he picks it up immediately and yeah, he's trying yeah, to yeah. keep the conversation of him like on a safe space there um yeah, i always yeah, think yeah. that's that's a really really well written and acted scene he's great he's mm-hmm. he's a real standout in the ensemble yeah really good place. yeah he's great yeah really good man i've never watched that show like people love oh my god show. it's, it's really so good. good yeah it's so good damn it i've watched that i've watched that entire show Twice. I watched it mm. once by myself and then once with Crystal. And it mm. holy was great shit. Both times. Yeah. It's unusual. But it's like seven seasons. Like it's like it's not, that, it's not that many, but it was, it was a bunch. I think it's five, maybe. Yeah, five. Maybe five and a half or something, but yeah. Yeah. All and right. Silly well, says really stuck the landing. Like, well, great, talk, just talk, great talk about not wanting to consume all of something. Christian gets a hair pie. Oh, yeah. He God gets bless. a little like Zolidus was was quick to point out that this is not a Swedish tradition. Huh. You do not, you do not, you do not, they do not do period blood magic during Midsommar. But uh, also Christian's drink is a different color from everybody else's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we know why. You know what that okay. is. Yeah. You know uh-huh. what that is. You know yeah. what it is. And I love, um, like, they don't really, they never even actually address that part either. Like, you kind of have, you have to absolutely mm-hmm. catch it and like, you can see it, but you know, they do the pube thing like pretty obvious and I, I'm assuming yeah. that'll lead you to the next part, but um, yeah. that was pretty disturbing to see, uh, you know, and then that girl's like staring at him. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That was gnarly. Um, but the also Danny at this point when she's talking about how Kofun left um, Connie, she says, you know, I could imagine you leaving me uh, mm. like that. So it's clear that she is moving down the path of, of seeing him as not somebody who, who will protect her. Yeah. Mark follows a girl away. We have Josh, this shot of Josh striving at the table and then the cut to Josh inside the dormitory and it's nighttime. Yeah. Amazing shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gets got the, the dormitory. So great. 
Yeah. The dormitory is just an awesome set. And like the library is an awesome set. Like it's all just great. All the sets are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was um, through Swedish um, PD Henrik Svensson. Um, And he didn't do he didn't do anything else that I've seen that that was major. uh, But he did collaborate with Ari on building the 100 page Bible of like the rituals and the runes and and everything there. So obviously in the in the A24 director's release disc it comes like in the in the booklet is like 50 pages of just just runes and like drawings and stuff like that. It's cool to flip through. Amazing. And then a really weird uh intro essay by Martin Scorsese, I think mm. it is. Oh, it's it's very like his assistant wrote it, but it's kind of mm. fun to see it there. He, he was 70, whatever, 75 at the point. Happy well, birthday. It's because he, he, he sings praises about Hereditary, but then his part about Midsommar is like, I'm not going to say anything if you haven't seen it. And then that's like the end of <laughs> the essay. Uh, the uh, so he doesn't talk about the movie. He talks about Hereditary. So it's, it's funny. So, yeah. So Josh seeing quote unquote Mark, um, who I think is Ruben wearing Mark's face. His face, yeah. yeah getting hammered, Ruben groaning, like all of that was really fucked up. Yeah. Um, but also wearing... like, what are you doing going in there taking the photo? You no, know, he's like, you're asking Again, it. it's like peeing on the tree. Yeah. Like, don't pee on the tree. Don't go into the fucking cult holy of holies. Yeah. Start leafing through shit. And he asked to take a photo before too and the guy was like, no. No. Like, obviously he's not. Yeah. Like, you, come on, man. You know yeah. what's going on. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, you can't leave and you can't stay. So you're pretty. You try to be as chill as possible. You try to be the May Queen so you can survive <laughs> this fucking thing. <laughs> that's smart. Smart. Or or you just do Christian's move uh, when they say the book was stolen and you just instantly throw Josh under the yeah, bus. Yeah, I was like, look, we know. We haven't <laughs> yeah. seen him, but he's obviously the thief. Yeah. yeah, he was he was very he was very ready to answer. He knew what was coming. He was like, listen, I know what this is about. This fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All <laughs> right. So now we, we're getting towards the end here. So we have the dance competition. The whole scene of just it's very brief, but making the tea. Yeah. Um, it's smashing it up and then stirring it and giving it. We haven't like, shouted out the old lady who's like running. Not the old, like the middle Siv. aged lady. Yeah. Yeah. Who's running, running the, the show. show. Woo, mm. she good. She yeah, is she's really, really good. good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. She's a great actress. Like, yeah, the way she so like much. commands yes. the, like the whole town or the village or whatever. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes. I love her. She's incredible. And great and, hat. Yeah, and Christian is assigned to go in and talk to her. Um, and the interior here is insane. And on the wall, there is a painting of a flaming bear right in front of Christian's face. Yeah. Um yeah. But then she asks him how he feels about Maya and saying that he's been selected for mating her. And he says, I think I ate one of her pubic hairs. Sounds probably right. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so do you, we think he's like sort of already succumbing to spells at this point? Like I think so. Drug? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, all, right. all right. Yeah. I think it's started. It's definitely started. It's a little unclear because he kind of de- he kind of descends into like a catalytic state of some sort, like or yeah. catatonic catalytic. Well, once we'll get there, we'll, yeah. we'll get we'll get there in just a second. But we so can't Danny, jump out of order. This is H. Okay. Yeah, we're Change we're almost this. done. We're Sorry. almost done. Sorry. It was hour hour two and a half here. So so Danny is in the in the May in the May Queen dance contest. She's in the final eight. 
Um, everyone is clapping when she looks. Literally, everyone is clapping except for Christian, who is staring at Maya, who is walking away. Mm -hmm. um, and like, that's it. And this whole thing of this her in the final three and so the montage good. of her dancing, God. to me, it was like a metaphor. The vulnerability and the endurance was like a metaphor for Florence making this movie. Like, mm -hmm. it was mm. so stunning. Mm. Uh, I like her. that she learns how to speak Swedish. Like she starts. Yeah. When they sing, they have her sing along and stuff. Yeah. I, uh, my first trip out of the country ever when I was a freshman in college, I went to Brussels and I, uh, got very drunk in some weird bar. This with was with the fencing dudes. With the fencing dudes, the German fencers. Mm. And we drank some sort of like Everclear infused vodka that I didn't know was like Everclear infused vodka. And I got <laughs> completely blind drunk like so sick and uh but at some point i spoke perfect french like my french was like like i i had absolutely perfect french and so i related to the florence speaking speaking in tongues perfectly. yes yeah amazing you got there so she is the may queen um the score here absolutely beautiful as she is placed on that she steps onto the platform she's carried away from christian leaving him in the background placed in a spot of high honor she now decides when to sit when to pick up the cutlery the sound of the cutlery as everyone's picking it up um rolling down the table is so amazing she's supposed to eat the herring but she can't eat it um because it's too disgusting well all all this also what's important is that when she drinks like the I would assume it's like an acid drink before the maypole dance. Like mushroom the trip, tea, yeah. Yeah, mushroom tea, whatever. The second, like this final act is where all the cool like psychedelic stuff starts popping up. I mean, there's a pretty mm. big, there's a big one where like when she's being carried on the platform, the trees are actually in the shape of her sister with like right. a hose in her mouth. But then when they're sitting at that final table, like anything, everything is moving. Like it is yeah. so, so cool to watch. Like the tr the leaves, the flowers, like everything is like kind of like people's faces look a little. She's like different. touching yeah. the leaves a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and then it's basically like that the rest of the movie, and it, it's uh, it's such a good detail. Mm. Yeah. Really beautiful. It's really really beautiful. beautiful. No. Christian is losing it. Excuse me. What's going on? <laughs> What's going? <on>? Wham! Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> the face he makes. It really reminded me. That's like a real. I've seen that face on my toddler for sure. Like, don't want to be in trouble. Toddlers are sometimes like they're having a bad trip. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're mostly having a bad trip. Uh -huh. They're tired and they're tired. They want it to end. Got like a bunch of viruses. Uh, so he has to walk the pedal path. Like mm. I, at this point, I don't feel like Christian has a lot of outs here. Right? No, he's no. he's on that train. There, this no. is his this is his destiny at this point. And I think he is aware. Yeah. And she actually does say, can Christian come with me? Right. And Siv says, nay, he, he has to stay or whatever. This is for you alone. Um, but her now on the carriage ride, going past the shallow graves and yeah. like the biodynamic crop stuff. Like what's up with that? You know about that, Jason? I don't know about like, about like where you have to like bear the uh, antler or whatever in order to make your wine biodynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do it at the right, the, the, the right phase of the moon. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I've been to some biodynamic wineries. I know a thing or two about, you know, that's real shit. People actually do that. The biodynamic winery stuff. Like there is like versions where it's like, you have to do certain stuff by the, the right phase of the moon. Like the, it, it gets a little kind of pretty crunchy. 
Yeah, there's parts <laughs> of that that are, are pretty wild. That's amazing. I mean, there's no fucking, you know, there's no bear. There's no bear intestine involved. But mm. I definitely watching this, I feel like um, it's easy to think about this as Danny's movie. But I think it's also important to think about it as Christian's movie. They are mm-hmm. both on paths that uh, you know are kind of somewhat predetermined, um, but they're both ending up right where they're they're supposed to be. Um, and for him, it's inside the sex temple. So yes, his sex rose has a uh, sex robe has the Tiwaz rune, which is for the god Tear, which god in 1992 when I moved to San Francisco and. Uh, was in a regular D&D game at my friend's house, which is at 1 Antichrist Oak Street. That was at uh, 1666 Oak Street. And mm-hmm. we right. used to play. And I was a cleric, but I found out that if clerics aren't allowed to use edged weapons, so you can't do as much damage. But I found out that if you have Tear uh, or Tempest as your god, you could use an edged weapon and you could do like a two-handed greatsword and really fucking mm. do some lawful good damage. Mm. Mm. That resonated with me. Okay. Mm. Christian walking into the sex temple and like in position when they had these shots of his face, he looks like David Bowman into, you know, Dave Bowman entering the monolith. He's about to enter something, that's for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> the singing the, the grandma's pushing on his butt like Ruben oh, likes God. to watch. The grandma pushing on the butt. So good. Is the is the over-the-top detail for me in this whole movie. Yeah, and and again, I, that's why I think a lot of it is like comedy. Like it is obviously horrifying, but it's also like pretty funny because like she like full on like two hands his ass. Yeah. Like, you know, gets it in there. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, the group moaning and all that sort of stuff. It's uh Look, we all Quite need help. We all need help from time to yeah. time. I thought the sex scene yeah. in Out of Sight was hotter. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and less explicit. This Very one, scary. however, in uh, Midsommar was uh, just weirdly identical to how both of my children were conceived. So that was strange. <laughs> <laughs> the grandparents involved. So, yeah, it was a family function. So, so Danny looking through, I just want to say... Flo's sad face is undefeated, like for yeah. all yeah. time. Just yes. the way the corners of the mouth just come that down. subtle pout. It's so good. I really don't want. I really don't want Flo to ever be sad. It's so heartbreaking. Completely. And so as she goes into the room with the with the women and her screaming, oh. it is like childbirth, right? Yeah. And it's so raw and it's so intense, but it has this very specific thing where it shifts from grief to anger. Yeah. And and power. Okay. Um fuck, man. Really good. Yeah. 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 Incredible. It's 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 a it's a stunning scene. And like it's the big yeah. I, it's the big payoff. Well, one I think it's the big payoff for the empathic connection that this village has. Um, and I just fucking love that. I, I love that scene. Yeah, basically from when Danny is like starting to get carried off <clears throat> through the end of the movie is like perfection. Yeah. It like, like my like I was saying like you know if I'm when I'm watching this I'm like on my computer I've seen it a whole bunch of times on my phone but like from then on I'm like fully 
a hundred percent locked in yeah. because it's just so beautifully shot. Like the music, everything is just fucking pitch perfect. It, it it's it's really like one of my favorite like sequences or and you know final acts in of the history. Film. It's 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 really unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So Christian finishes. Um, he <laughs> takes off. He's running around naked. Apparently, the actor um, wanted to be naked as much as possible because he thought, "Does Jack Rayner, who is also on the peripheral, um, yeah, um, he's pretty who's, good uh, on that? Who's a who's Scottish, Irish? He's not American from the UK. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, so he's running he's around Irish, naked. He's not from the UK. Like, let's not get in trouble. Let's oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, like, come on. Jesus, Jesus Christ. We don't he's English. Point. He's so. Irish. He's Irish. Oh, he's Irish. Strike fucking everything that happened. Slanja. Before this. <laughs> sorry. I didn't know he was Irish. Irish. Okay, I feel badly. He now. is not British, okay. English, or from the UK. Irish, Irish. I didn't know he was Irish. I would not have made that joke if I'd known he was Irish. Okay, so he sees Josh's leg sticking out of the garden. He finds Kofun has been vivisected. Ian, Kofun isn't actually alive, right? That's just like him tripping. I think he is. No, I think he's breathing. I'm pretty sure he's breathing because I... I, I, the I, lungs I are moving, but is it real or is it just tripping? Just I, so I think it's real. I meant to fact check this because I swear in the trailer, they show a part. They don't show. They show the person hanging. And I swear the eyes opened up in the trailer mm. and it's not in the movie. I'm like, it, that could just be my own head cannon, but I'm pretty sure he's doing that and he is alive. Mm. Mm. It's weird shit either way. Also, Kev, Kev and Chad is accusing me of watching Midsommar on my phone. I want to. <laughs> clear the air <laughs> getting accused here that i would watch the film on tv while holding a phone sometimes okay, okay. okay. all right let's let's I just, and make sure that's clear we'll make sure that anyway. we'll, we'll use that as your pull quote i guess <laughs> <laughs> i just want to go on the record to say that when i watch movies for dune pod like i don't i don't i don't sit in the chuckle hut i don't uh i don't have oh my, my phone God. out here like we, here we fucking go i have my go. my joe biden 46 notebook and i take oh my, my notes God. and that's it okay that's all the the life the life of a full-time podcaster <laughs> okay we get it we get it here we fucking go <laughs> Uh, he's captured. It's really scary when that guy blows the stuff in his face and then closes his eyes, the effect of closing his eyes and the woman oh, so opening his eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we just have, you know, the final sacrifice and this description of there's four outsiders, four yeah. from the Harga and a final one that's chosen by Danny, who is now ensconced in 10,000 flowers. Yeah. Fuck. And that was real too. Mm. It's probably well, this- hot. Like a real, like a real, real dress. Like they made it. It's fucking amazing. Yes, yeah. it was purchased by the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures for sixty five thousand oh. uh, oh dollars, and it's in the museum. So I guess is it flowers to, though? It must LA. not be real flowers. What's that? Yeah, no, they're not real flowers. Right. But no, they're so like, flowers. It's a physical dress. Yes. Yeah. It's incredible. It's so good. Um, so she has to choose between a preordained new blood and a specially selected harga. Um, Christian is like wheeled around. He can't move. He can't say anything. He looks like Jason Alec Newman from the Dune miniseries. Yeah, good call. Right? Totally. Yeah, he's like he's totally sort of like pre pre preacher <laughs> post Paul. Like he's kind of like stone In the stone burner Paul. Hundred mm. percent. The music here through all of this. Mm-hmm. She chooses Christian. We have kind of like slowly moving through into where the bear suit, the bear's being prepared to become the bear suit. Is that the most diabolical mm. shit ever or what? It's, so good. it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. Fucking I like hard. how the boys are helping with the fucking gutting of it and stuffing them in the place and everything. That's great. Yeah. 
Mm. So he's in there, and now they're loading up the sacrificial temple. They bring in Ingmar. God, that shot where they're carting all the bodies. Oh, my. And I think in the director's cut, they show you a little, they make it a little more clear who each person is. Because um, I think in the theatrical, it's not really clear who everyone is. The, the, the director's cut makes it really obvious, like, who the bodies are. But that shot where it's, like, uh, the crane following them as they're walking in. Oh, yeah, my God, yeah, yeah. it's so fucking good. Well, also yeah. the concept that it's just the head and then yeah. on a stuffed <laughs> straw body. Yeah. Stuffed straw body. It's all, like, <laughs> floppy. And when he falls over, like, oh my god, that's so funny! Yeah. yeah, and they just pick it back up. Shouldn't have fucked her. Shouldn't have pissed on the tree. And then th- they do something where they give like whatever the root, the U root, I think, mm-hmm. to the two people. Take from the U tree, like, not- feel no pain. Take from Wise. the U tree, feel no fear. Jason Demerol growing on trees. I, I like give me the fucking Demerol Valium. <laughs> Give me the colonoscopy shot of you and put me in the burning hut, for God's sake. We fucking sap of the yew tree and then do shit. But it's important they don't give that to Christian. Right. They just no. give Christian like a paralyzing yeah, drug. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just can't move, yeah. but he can feel yeah. Yeah, yeah, good little difference there. I do want to call out the root the one of the runes that's up there on the on the wall um are woven together in a single image. These are said to be bound. Uh for instance, the Bluetooth symbol um is an example that people know. Here we have Ingus, a fertility symbol, and Gibo, um, a strongly associated with gifts and generosity. So you referenced this before, Ian. Ulf, once the fire comes, like that you fucking tree isn't doing jack shit. It's not doing anything. Yeah, it's so good. That's fucking awesome. Him yeah. screaming and then everyone outside screaming and the way they are wailing and oh, kind of moving God, around. No. Fucking amazing. The woman who is in utter ecstasy who yeah. is like, she is like, she is lit up. Like her life has never been greater than this moment of of this is really, really awesome. Um, I love that. And then as the music just builds and builds and builds and we have the final shot of Danny. Mm-hmm. And which is like, a, like, a, like, it's amazing for a movie to end on its like most iconic shot. Like it, it, it's a, it, like for the yeah, movie yeah. that becomes like, for the scene that becomes the gift. Like for, it's amazing yeah. to be able to like land it like that. Yeah. Dune part two yeah. is gonna and- end with Irulan with her smiling and then turning into a frown. <laughs> That's gonna be, That'd be great. <laughs> I'm for it. And you know, the, the, the best part about the ending is that there's fucking seven more days of this shit. Like what happens for the remaining no, seven this days is day, of the festival. this is day like four or five, right? Or whatever. I yeah. mean, you know, there's there's time left, and that's I, I love. She's having a great time. After about that, that. I mean, she's the May Queen. She's doing great after that. Like she's a you know, yeah. she's oh just enjoying. God. She made she's making tarts. She's making meat pies. She's doing great. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's yeah. Ian, anything <laughs> we missed? Uh, no, I mean, just like talking about the director's scenes. Th- there's one in particular that I I understand why it was removed. But I really, it's, I think it's an important part the of the story. Scene. It's on YouTube. If you just search up, like, there's a night scene, there's another ceremony, and it like really, really shows Christian like gaslighting the shit out of Danny because like there's a probably some like sinister is about to happen. Um, I actually I think it does happen separately because it's kind of confirmed at the in in the hut flaming sacrifice scene but like mm-hmm. you know there's a part where Christian's like this is just a part of like we just have to do it like I need it for my notes and then Danny goes like we're not leaving like you're not getting notes like they survive on no one finding out like what happened right. like wake the fuck right, up right, right. 
Um, they they do that. I think it's a great scene and also just like extremely tense because it's about like a kid looking like he's about to be sacrificed. Yeah. Um, and then they they give you a little bit more context with Connie and Simon and they kind of piece together some of the missing people a little bit more. Mm. Um, so that's why I think it's better on the second watch because the ambiguity for the theatrical version, I think is better for like a first time viewing. It leaves you with more questions, kind of wants you a little more. And then the, when you watch the director's cut and you get all the context of it, it's like, I think a more complete story. It is like an extra like 30 minutes though for an already long movie. So I understand why people wouldn't want to do it. Um, but to me, it's like the far superior version to watch. It's interesting. The movie is long, but it it's one of those long movies that doesn't feel long. Like it, it, no. it, 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 it is very enjoyable the whole time. Yeah. There, there's no wasted time. Yeah. Like it's, it's extremely efficient for the length of the, of the movie. Like it's not slow and, and it could be just the way how it's split up by like there are clear chapters, right? Like whatever it's an event or a, or a ritual or something like that just helps move the, the pacing along really quick mm-hmm. um, or like really smooth. Whereas I think some other long movies are just like, you know, you could have cut the scene and you know, it's long for no reason, but yeah. Um, I, b- I believe there's actually a four hour cut of this. Oh, on the yeah. That's a, the original, would, his original like working God, print or whatever it was. That. Crazy. Yeah. I would give a lot <laughs> to see. <laughs> I would put H in a bear suit and set him on fire. <laughs> I mean, to see oh, that great. My, I'll put your bravery, your bravery right now. I'll put it out there right now. I'll put it out there. <laughs> it will sacrifice age. Jason, yeah. who would Tilda Swinton play? I mean, probably the old Civ or whatever her mm-hmm. name is. Yeah, but you don't want to replace her. I know, but you like know? sometimes you have She's to. She's so good. Sometimes you have to like, sometimes you have to get rid of, a, of, a, of someone who's doing mm. a great job mm. just because Tilda okay. will do a better one. So I'm going to say Civ. Okay. She mm. would do great. I like it. Ian. <laughs> Silly says the hammer. My pick would be uh, the bear. Yeah. So that's, it, that's it would be Gab's why is pick. why is yes, Kev, Gab, yes, excellent, excellent. You know, well, why is uh, why is that woman in the cage? And then later, um, they just stuff Christian inside, inside Tilda. Tilda Very good. Yeah. I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with a young Tilda. You know, early '90s era Tilda playing Pele. Um, mm. I would love okay. to see her yeah, yeah, yeah. being the one who is like pulling the strings and and making things happen. Um, I would think would be really incredible. Mm. Yeah. Boom! We mm. did it, you guys. We did it. Five stars, please, right? I mean, five. We we don't usually we do ratings, right but, but for this, we can just do a five five banger all the way. Yeah. Ten thousand flowers. It's a perfect perfect movie. Mm. Love it, love it. The stars you can only see <laughs> on a sunny day. On mushroom yeah. tea. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what do you have to plug, bud? Uh, Synonauts. Niners? Actually, <laughs> Niners. Hopefully, we're going to be... my. I'm, I'm putting my... Uh, I know Gab's a football guy. Uh, I'm putting my foot in the ground, hammer in the ground, that the Niners... I'm guaranteeing a Niners NFC Championship appearance. I'm not saying Super Bowl, but okay. I'm guaranteeing a Niners NFC Championship appearance. Isla's Isla's college fund depends upon it. Yes. They are going to be the best offense in the NFL by the playoffs. Amazing. Amazing. Ian, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And for those, you know, on Twitter and stuff, I am verified. So you can, (laughs) you know that I am a trusted source. Elon sees all of Ian's. In in case you didn't know, people just can't be verified anymore. You can't just pay for that. Okay. So 
mine's legit. That's how you know. I got it. You can't say otherwise. I got it. Before the innovation. I'm, I'm an the important innovation. person. You know, me and Jason both <laughs> yes. verified same yes. tier of work. God experience. damn it. I missed uh, yeah. it. You fucked up. You exactly. All you guys, worry, with your pride. Nice. I'm looking to pay eight dollars now. Now you guys are the clowns. Now look at you. Marks. Look now at look you. At you. You're begging. Great sucker. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Ian what a Deborah. what a combo. What a pro. Pro podcaster. Verified pro. Verified pros got the blue check mark and that blue check mark voice. Hmm. Very strong. Yeah. It was very great. strong. It's great good, to talk about. Good insights. Good insights. That was that was really fun. I can't wait for you to watch Hereditary. Yeah, I don't know when I'm gonna get to that. It's hard to imagine like some evening just being like, you know what I want? Just to be fucking freaked out. <laughs> so unless we watch it for the pod. Okay. Know. All right. I will take that under advisement. All right. Well, what do you say? You want to listen to some voicemails? Let's hear them. Listen, folks, you can send us your letters. Letters at dunepod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 415-534-5211. And as always, please keep your voicemails to 90 seconds or less, like every single one of these fine people who reached out to us today. Yeah. Um, actually, we'll start with a quick letter that we got. Okay. okay. Got a letter from Eric uh, and subject line horror book reviews. This is the only book review podcast I've encountered. Science fiction is your bread and butter, but is there any possibility Dune Pod could cover horror books? If so, mm. I recommend reading the brief collection of short stories titled The King in Yellow by Robert mm. Chambers. Oh, yeah. It influenced Lovecraft and the first season of True, oh, True Detective. Detective. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in that one. Uh, I went deep in the True Detective. Uh, like podcast scene. I don't know. I listened to a bunch of stuff about True Detective and someone had read the read that work and it sounded really interesting. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Should we do True Detective episodes one through four? I don't know, man. You're driving Se this train. Season one, one through four. Like, come on, ending with that final long shot with the gun battle and stuff. Is like that, that in episode four? I thought that's it was like four. episode six. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's All four. Right. That's All four. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I described it. True Detective, I watched episode one when it released. And then when episode two released, I watched one and two. And then when mm -hmm. episode three released, I watched one, two, three, and then four, one, two, three, four. Like I was so, so deep into that show. My mm. God. Uh, good stuff. Eric, I don't think we're going to get into horror books. Uh, we have very little time for reading books right now. But we don't we read. We will take it under advisement. Yeah. S SBF told SBF us was don't right. Read books. Don't read books. Don't suspicious of people who read books. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here is our first voicemail. Hello, Matta. Hello, Jason. <laughs> I'm out here camping in Halsingland. Camp is scary <laughs> and appalling. <laughs> and they say, Sue, that we'll have some old folks falling. <laughs> Inga told me she would show me. Maybe we'd play hokey pokey while Danny got to. Do a bake-off. One of the Harger ripped my freaking face off. <laughs> Josh went out late to take a picture of the Harger's holy scripture. When Mark showed up with a stammer, some asshole snuck up behind him with a hammer. <laughs> Danny was living la vida loca. Meanwhile, Christian was banging Maha. 
when she found out, didn't seem fair. So she torched a stupid ass inside a big bear. <laughs> take me home. Oh, Matt Jason. Take me home. I hate the Harga. I might be out here for a while. So I'll just say goodbye with a twisted smile. Uh, just an unreal run that Silly's having right now. Woo! It's like watching like DiMaggio during the hitting streak or something like that. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Yes. Woo! Yes. Yes. Silly, getting it done. Yeah, getting it done, man. Getting Thank it you. done. Thank well, you, blessed. my dear friend. We're blessed to have Silly, who now, um, you know, is doing the screenings, doing these voicemails. He's an admin for the Discord server. Really keeping it, keeping it, keeping us alive. Incredible. Thank you for your service, silly. We really appreciate it. All right, let's check out this voicemail from Ethan. Oh, yes. Hey, BogPod, <laughs> Ethan here, um, tapping into the Antipodean element of my voicemails for the first time in a while, because Midsommar, which is basically a movie that serves as an anti-tourism ad for all of Scandinavia, reminded me a little bit of an Australian movie called Wake and Fright, which is a classic. I, I don't know if people who aren't Australian have heard of this. It's by a Canadian director, but it's an Aussie cult classic. Um, a guy gets trapped in a rural town and drinks about as much as a the average Australian man drinks and fights people and kills kangaroos. Got me thinking, what kind of movies do you guys think are anti-tourism ads for the countries they're set in? Now, a little bit of a stipulation. You can't include movies that are just American military propaganda because Obviously, they're going to be anti-tourism ads for any country that isn't America. Uh, so that's a, a quick little side note. Uh, yeah. So what do you think discourages you from going to a country depicted in a movie? What movies make you hate the countries they're depicted in? You know, Wake and Fright should do the job. Mm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I lost my train of thought there for a second. <clears throat> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, thank you for thank you for writing in or, and calling in. Uh, I, it didn't make me hate the country, but it made me deeply uncomfortable. I will say, Slumdog Millionaire, the idea oh. of climbing into a porta potty uh, and going through—I guess you could say train spotting as well, right? Uh, anything with porta potties for you? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a <laughs> that's a full stop for me. Uh, uh, Lenny Riefenstahl, Triumph of the Will, <laughs> maybe. Kind of a turn off. Listen, Jason, I mean, who who among us, what world leaders haven't lied once or twice? <laughs> that's a deep cut. People are going to whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Uh, the I'm trying to think of like anything else. Trying like, for the wills, not a deep cut. <laughs> trying. No, I'm, um, I'm sticking with that. I got that. Yeah, I gotta, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Ethan, thank you for reaching out. Here is our next voicemail. Hey, Dune Pod. Hi, Ian. Kev here. We are talking Ari Aster's Midsummer. Now, regular Dune Pod listeners will remember that I totally blew my Midsummer story on the Climax episode. So instead, I want to talk about one of the things when I saw the movie for the first time that really captured me was this lead performance by Florence Pugh, who, like a lot of people, including a few in the Chuckle Hut, I hadn't seen her until now, and she totally blew me away. So, in the vein of the Bound Kev's question, which was, what are your favorite directorial debuts, what's an early performance from an actor who really stuck with you? 
and you kind of watch them grow over the years from there. A really great early performance that is not going to get picked at all. Mm. Lawrence Fishburne of deep cover fame from the Synodots. Great episode. Mm. Lawrence Fishburne as Cowboy Curtis on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm. Uh, just absolutely wonderful performance. So Once I realized great. who I was looking yeah. at, it blew my mind. So yeah, favorite early performances, uh, performances where you knew that that person was going to be a star. Love you guys. Love you, Ian. Happy Thanksgiving. Not to give away when this was recorded. <laughs> And huh. shout out to brother Mark in chat for the amazing sticker designs. They have to be seen to be believed. So come hang out with us in the chuckle hut and just behold these amazing designs. They are. All right. Great. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Oh my God. These stickers that came up with are, are absolutely unreal. Um, that's a great Holy question. Wait, shit. Kev sounder, please. Jesus. Oh. Once again, it's Kev's questions. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I was I was f- frantically searching um, uh, IMDb to get my response, uh, oh. and, and I wasn't quite ready. Are you ready now? Do you want to? Oh, I'm on? ready now. I okay, mean, I so obviously uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Cowboy Curtis was amazing, um, but also an earlier performance for him as Tyrone Clean Miller in Apocalypse mm, Now, when he was yeah. like 14 years old. Um, in his location uh, yep. would be impressive, but I am going to, of course, cause it's the holiday season coming right up. So I'm going to choose the ultimate Christmas movie and go with Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber mm. in mm. Die Hard. Mm. Good choice. Good choice. Mm. Uh, I, it's kind of a creepy answer, I guess, just given the, everything that's happened since, but Natalie Portman and the professional, yes. like, you know, Def, like I, you know, I, I saw that movie when it came out. It was before Natalie Portman became Natalie. I mean, it was what made Natalie Portman, but like that was like the the first the first thing. And she she definitely just you're just like okay, this is gonna work. Like whatever you're gonna do is gonna work. And indeed, that was true. So absolutely uh, stunning performance. And there's like other people. Like I mean, you know, there's other examples. Like whatever, like Jodie Foster and Taxi Driver. I didn't, I knew Jodie Foster before she was in fucking taxi driver, you know, before I saw taxi driver, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see taxi driver when it first came out, but the professional Leon, the professional I saw and definitely had an impact. I think we could do the professional on the show. I don't know if we do. I don't know if we do Leon, but we could do, we could do the original theatrical Let's professional. Just leave it alone. Let's okay. Leave it alone. Okay. All right. We'll leave that. We're not going to do it. All right. Save us, Corey. Cool. <laughs> Doompod, hey, it is Corey from Austin, Texas, calling about Midsommar. Dude, I love this picture. You know, this one's right up my alley. Uh, I'm a pretty big A24 fan. Uh, I love Ari Aster, that uh, hereditary is a friggin' dynamite picture. And this one is different. Uh, maybe just as good, maybe a little less than hereditary. I don't know. I guess it depends on your personal taste. I think they're both excellent films. Uh, I really wanted to rewatch it like before leaving this VM, but you guys are recording a little off because of the holiday break coming up. So uh, I didn't get to because I have been balls deep in the discord, <laughs> in the tech, in the politics section. Guys, I'm overloading on news and stuff. I got to take a step back. I just got to relax. I'm so stressed out. I'm freaking yeah. out, man. Yeah. But that's okay. Maybe I need to take a nice vacation and uh, go meet some, like, you know, 
Scandinavian mm-hmm. types and kind of <laughs> mess around with some flowers and some drugs and, and some big ass hammers and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I don't really have much to, too much else to say. I'll let you guys get to it. I'm sure there's some dynamite voicemails coming uh, our way for this episode. Who would kill the Flint and play the bear? <laughs> yes. Another vote for the bear. Love it. Love hearing for Corey. It has true. Corey has been hanging out more in the Discord, which is nice to see. No one's obliged to hang out in the Discord, of course, but it has been a great place. Um, I very much appreciate it as it's been a somewhat stressful time in my life. Uh, and so it's been a nice place. Uh, uh, it's been nice to see folks like Corey pop by, too. It's hard. There's a lot coming at us right now. There's a lot coming at us. There's a lot uh, going on. Yeah. It's a busy time. But it means a lot to have a nice safe space where we can chill yeah. uh, and, and people are really funny and really smart and creative. And it's just it, it's it's always uh, the Internet can still be for friends. It can. And it is. It is for us. Jason, what do you have to plug, bud? Um, well, it's kind of hard to know what's going to be happening when this comes out. Um <laughs> I guess I'm just going to plug um, not like just living in a hermetic bubble and not sending your children to school because they just get sick all the time. Just live in a bunker. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to buy bunkers. Great. Great. Yeah. Which continent? Just uh, just dig a dig a big hole right <laughs> just start my digging. current house until <laughs> I just get down to where it's it's cool. They can't get you there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Best of luck on that one. Thank you. I'm not it's good at digging. Awesome. I'm going to be in a cast for a couple of weeks. So yeah. How long is the recovery on this situation? Eight weeks. Eight weeks Ooh. with no running. So. Oh. Yeah. All right. But I'll be back stronger than ever. Yeah. It'll be great. You'll be bion- super, super strong. Let me get some bionic shit. All right. Let's do it. And that's it for this episode. I want to thank Jason and Ian for an amazing conversation. Next week, another co-host of the Synonauts podcast rejoins us. DunePod's own graphic designer extraordinaire, Catcher. We finally, finally tackle the movie that you demanded. Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and Jude Law's Gen X sci-fi classic, Gattaca. If you're enjoying the show, we need your help. Take a minute to leave us a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast, or just tell your friends about us because it really does help new listeners find the show. We also have a Discord server where you can hang out with us online whenever you want. A link is in the show notes. DunePod is a tape deck podcast, John, a production of H Industries. Our artwork is by Catcher, and our theme music was composed by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin. The episode was edited by Megan Hayward of Edit Audio and produced by me, H. Thanks for listening. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>